So we were we were recording the record and we were right near the end of it. Yeah. And we had come to the point where I there's space for one more song in the record and and we wanted it to be kind of uh, I had the idea for the melody, but I didn't have quite what I was gonna write it about. I had kind of a general feeling and then I realized that a lot of the feelings that were coming to me were coming from the book. So mm -hmm. I figured, well, let's just go straight to the book and, and just kind of take a lot of the, um, the things that were inspiring me out of the book and, okay. and reference him directly. You know? And so yeah, I mean, I, I'm continually looking for people that, that bring hope. I yeah. feel like hope is a choice. You either choose despair or you choose hope. You either choose one or the other, and, and the way that we respond to the world is that's 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 all we have, you know, in many cases. And I felt like his his uh, position throughout the book is is not one of anger or violence, but one of of uh, love and, and um, forgiveness. And that was just really inspiring. So that was kind of, that's kind of what the, the song to me is, is about, the, the river that runs underneath American culture that um, um, a lot of times is rarely brought to the surface. Okay. So. Welcome to Switchfoot Song Stories, a fan-run and operated podcast, not affiliated with Switchfoot. Welcome to another episode of Switchfoot Song Stories. I'm your host, Tyler D. Smith. We have had some amazing guests on this show. It's been quite a journey talking to artists, fans, uh, friends of this band that we all love. And today it is an absolute honor to welcome Priscilla and Elizabeth Perkins. Uh, Switchfoot fans are probably all familiar with Dr. John M. Perkins, his story, his example, and today we get the privilege of talking to two of his daughters on the podcast. John M. Perkins is a civil rights activist, a best-selling author of 17 books, founder of the John and Vera May Perkins Foundation. He's been an advisor to six U.S. presidents and has done incredible work in his lifetime for human rights, reconciliation, spreading the gospel, and much more. So let's dive in. Here is our chat with Priscilla and Elizabeth Perkins. All right, what an honor it is to be joined today by Priscilla and Elizabeth Perkins. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for uh, taking the time to chat with us today. Thank you for having us, Tyler. And our audience, you know, a lot of Switchfoot fans is at least familiar with your father's story, your foundation, uh, because of the band Switchfoot, because of their song, The Sound, John M. Perkins Blues. But they probably only know you know, maybe a handful of details of his story. So I wanted to give you the opportunity to share anything you'd like about um, your dad's story, your family story, you know, his fight for justice and reconciliation. And I guess my, my first question that I was thinking of is for you, like what comes to mind right away when you think about your father and like everything that you guys have all gone through together? Well, for me, my father's fight began at birth. Um, his fight 
for life was his mother uh, died of starvation when he was seven months old. So he was fighting for his life at, at just a baby. And uh, he was born on a plantation and, and they were very poor. Uh, they were the poorest of the poor in America. And so, um, and they didn't have a, a cow uh, for milk. So um, they, a lady from down the road had to bring a, a, a quart of uh, milk down for to bring this baby back to life every day. So um, he was fighting for his life. And so that his struggle began at, um, at birth. And, um, and so he had different struggles throughout his life at um, his father. He was given away to his grandmother who had al- already raised 19 children himself herself and um and so um after being raised um on a on a plantation he had to struggle with his brother being killed by a police officer um when he was uh only 15 years old and um having him um die on the way to the hospital with his brother um laying in his lap so um that was um different struggles that he, he went through. And, and then once he became a Christian, um, he moved to Mississippi and got involved in the civil rights movement. And um, he was um, jailed himself and beaten nearly to death, um, just tortured throughout the night. And, um, and, and that, was, that struggle changed his life. And he knew then that um, he, he felt that if he had a hand grenade, he would um, pull the plug and he felt that that reaction would be worse than the reaction of the people who were beating him that night. Um, and, and that changed the trajectory of his speaking altogether. He, he felt that um, he wanted to preach a gospel that would burn through the um, the injustices and um, burned through the racial lines that have been drawn. He knew that he didn't want to be like the people who were who were torturing him. So he wanted to uh, preach a gospel of reconciliation that would bring people together and not be like the people who were um, who were uh, dividing uh, people in America. So he, he that changed the the way he was preaching, and so. Um, from then on, that was 1971, February, um, what was it, the 6th or 7th, Elizabeth, February um, 7th. 7th. And uh, from then on, he began preaching the gospel of reconciliation. And uh, and our family was there right along with him. And, and it's, been a, um, it, it's been a fight for justice since then. And, um, and, and he's been preaching the gospel of love. And, and that's why, you know, John Foreman, he says, John Perkins said it right. Love is the final fight. And mm. my, he's been preaching that since then. What do you remember the most about <clears throat> growing up and, and maybe the different experiences you either heard about or were part of yourself with all that? I remember I remember more about my mom and her, you know, she had eight kids. And here she is. Her husband is nearly beat to death. Just imagine a woman with eight kids. Um with the possibility of her losing her husband. And so I remember the pain that she went through and the, and the phone calls that, um, that she was getting, um, every, every day, 
you know, say talking about how they were gonna kill her husband. And just imagine how um, she must uh, must have felt at that time. You know, we had uh, FBI men had to come and check our cars because um, uh, there were was, was bomb threats uh, under our for our cars. So uh, there there were a lot of things during that time where it was it was scary. Only for my dad, but for the whole family. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, it was it was a time of of uh, unrest, of uneasiness hmm. for everyone. Yeah, I wanted to uh, <clears throat> touch on the legacy of your family, the work that you've done and continue to do. Um, you mentioned those words, you know, love. Love is the final fight. Um, I want to hear more about your your foundation it's really really impressive the more i look up all the things that you're doing i mean there's like summer camps for kids and the perkins uh pilgrimage and internships and projects and i love um off the the main page of the website it says that uh, we believe that the church has a responsibility to confront evil and injustice in all of its forms as a witness to the character of the god that we follow which i absolutely love um but tell us uh, whatever you would like to tell us about the foundation, your, you know, your roles in the foundation, and then also how people can get involved in it. Well, um, we believe that there is a, a, a hole in the gospel. Um, if, if people, if we believe that, um, that we can, um, can love God and not love our brothers and sisters, then uh, there is, that, that's a misnomer. You know, that we can um, decide that, you know, that we can uh, love God and decide that on Sunday morning it, we can be segregated and decide that we, we uh, don't want to worship because of the color of someone's skin. That is something it, there's there's something wrong with that analogy. So um, but what we're, we're um, teaching on our pilgrimages just is a um it's there's biblical justice and that we need to we love god and we love man um, and so that's what god came that's why jesus died on the cross for um, us into reconciliation with one another so um elizabeth she uh, she's doing uh she is a brilliant historian civil rights um and I, and it's important that we teach ourselves uh, uh about it because in america right now uh, i know in in the south um you don't really learn that much about it maybe there's some a little bit about it in february during uh, black history month people know about martin luther king but nothing mm -hmm. not much else um and so uh we take people on 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 a um history um tour and uh and we know that uh black history is is not just black that is american history and so um we take people on tours um a, a three to five day um journey and um elizabeth what want you explain this a um sankofa so um on different yeah. uh stops and museums yeah we have uh uh, Perkins Justice Pilgrimage. It's like an institute on wheels. 
and uh, we're committed to investing in the lives of leaders, pastors, uh, Sunday school groups, um, companies, clubs, anyone who's interested in learning. Our best way of doing this is, is uh, by inviting you to Jackson on a pilgrimage. And it's a life-changing, engaging, and we have life, we, it's a life-changing um, event. Uh, um, and, you know, it's a spiritual pilgrimage that looks back to embrace our past and it insists that our now is not separate from then. You know, um, it's a small group of about 12 to 20. We try to stay intimate We want so we can make sure that we get to spend time with everyone. And we also get time, you also get the opportunity to spend time with us and other civil rights uh, workers and Christian community uh, development leaders. Um, and we get to see historical landmarks in Mississippi, um, Birmingham, Montgomery, Selma. And um, we also get to see um, how the theology, how daddy's theology was shaped. And so um, that's, yeah, that's, we want people to come out and, and learn more about uh, the pilgrimages and be a part of them because they are life changing. And Elizabeth, it's, it's a safe place to ask those tough questions that people yes. are afraid to ask. You know, uh, people are afraid to ask questions on race um, that that you you know that you want to you want to ask, but you're afraid. if you're in your office and you know there are uh, people uh, that you want to ask those, but you're afraid because it's it's politically incorrect. Mm -hmm. You can ask those questions. There are no questions that are off limits. We want the, to address these questions so that people will know. It, it's not. Um, it's not bad to ask. It's good to ask these questions so yes. that people will understand. One of the things I want to um, share is uh, when we talk about what we do, what we do here at the foundation. Mm -hmm. um, what we do are, um, are biblical and practical principles evolved from years of living and working among the poor. At the heart of the foundation's ministry to the poor is the concept of affirming the dignity of people. And so I wanna, I'll, we wanna always make sure that in the midst of us working with the poor, that uh, we are always affirming the dignity of, of the people who we're working And Tyler, we want you to know, uh, we want, your listeners and, and people all over America to know that the foundation is is um, is local here in in Jackson, Mississippi. But the it, um, it it reaches globally. But in America, it reaches all across America. We have nine different states. Um, there are John Perkins um, schools in Seattle, um, New York City. Uh, Indiana, like I was telling you before the program, and Chicago, different schools that have John Perkins fellows, fellowships. Um, so there are students who they, um, they, they're getting full scholarship. There are groups of, say, some from 10 to 25 students who get full scholarships, and they are cohorts of students learning together. Some are living together in like a Perkins house. They're living in cross-cultural situations, um, living, studying, 
um, and and um, graduating school together. Right now, we have graduated over um, 600 um, scholars, and uh, some are in um, graduated from seminary, and um, and uh, and we have uh, at least 300 who are in college and seminary right now, and those are uh, including students who are. Um, uh, on on John Perkins scholarships, the the fe those are fellows, Perkins fellows. So, um, the, um, John Perkins is not one that's gonna die with the torch in his hand. Um, we are uh, passing the torch on to thousands of of um, of John Perkins and John Perkins fellows. So, um, we're just excited about so much that's going on um, with the Perkins Foundation. It's it's um it's it's gonna, the legacy is gonna live on. And we're just so thankful for Switchfoot and how they have um, helped to spread the um, legacy of John Perkins. Yeah, it is a true legacy indeed. So many opportunities out there and ways for people to get involved. It is incredibly inspiring. One question I also had for both of you is, what would you say to maybe someone out there is listening and they're thinking like, I want to help, but I don't know where to start, or I, I don't know, like, what I could do. Um, you know, some people, it's kind of like, you know, these are, these are big topics, big issues. Um, equality, justice, bringing people together. How can I, um, like, encouragement for someone who may feel like, well, I can't make much of a difference. Like, where would you say, like, for them to, to start? You, you can participate in a pilgrimage. You, yeah. can, um, you can always uh, pray for us. You can always um, support us financially. You can um, support a, a, a scholarship. You know, we're in the middle of summer camps. Uh, after school program is uh, starting. You can support a kid in the after school program. There's, there are things you can do to um, uh, to, to to support us. Yeah. And in every in every community in every city, there is um, there are. Uh, and you see, there are there are uh, red there are lines, um, and uh, and there are invisible tracks. Um, all, all cities have these divisions, and there are neighborhoods that are in need, and there are children that are in need, and uh, and you can go and volunteer, and uh, and if you can read, you can teach yourself, um, you can learn, and you can study, and uh, and and help someone. Um, so. Um, there's no need to just uh, sit and, and ask yourself, what can I do? Go to church, ask someone, um, uh, get involved um, and, and, uh, and, and give. You know, there, you can, uh, there's time, talent and treasure. Um, uh, that, those are three things that, that you can do. Uh, use, uh, give, your, give yourself away. My dad says there's, um, the answer is always go. Okay, so um, get up and go. So um, we just we want you to get up and go. And if go to jvmpf.org, that is our website. John and Vera May Perkins Foundation, jvmpf.org, and uh, and get involved. Uh, you can support our foundation. Uh, we're do we're doing it. Um, we help us be the the uh, arms and feet of Jesus while we wrap our arms and feet around those in need here in West Jackson and, um, and uh, support us this um, fall, September 19th, we are having our, um, we're having a um, 
event, a celebration, celebrating our parents' 63 years of service, of ministry. And um, we're having our guest speaker, who will be Brian Stevenson, who is the um, the founder and director of um, Equal Justice Initiative. And he's coming to Jackson to the Mississippi Civil Rights Museum to help us uh, celebrate our parents' um, journey. And um, we ask you to, you can get tickets at our website and uh, come and celebrate with us. We are just so excited. That's that great. Is, uh, that, that is, I am, I am so excited about Brian Stevenson coming and celebrating our parents with us. Um, it, uh, it's just a, a big deal to me because, you know, I do pilgrimages and uh, we, we, one of our stops is the Equal Justice Initiative. You know, we go to the memorial and we go to um, the museum that he uh, started in Montgomery. And so um, I'm really, really excited about Brian um, coming to uh, celebrate mom and daddy. Yeah. September 19th. Yeah, he credits John Perkins with uh, with uh, changing the trajectory of his life when he was um, just a young guy in college, had never met a lawyer in his life, and um, and and giving him the desire to go to uh, uh, change his direction and go to um, law school, and he had never met a lawyer, and and so he decided to go to law school after hearing John Perkins speak, and um, and and decided that he wanted to, um, to serve the poor and, um, and do justice. And so um, we're just so thankful that he is our friend and, uh, and that we're on this journey together. That's amazing. Yeah, we will definitely um, put that link on, on the show description so you can follow the website and check all that information out. Um, highly encourage you to do that. Um, while we just have a couple minutes here left, I wanted to briefly ask you about uh, the Switchfoot song itself. And, uh, you know, one question I thought of, this is uh, one of Switchfoot's uh, loudest songs. Do you, do you like a little rock music? <laughs> what did you think the first time you heard it? Oh, my gosh. It, it's something else. You should, my dad, uh, um, the, the young people love this song. And sometimes, uh, you know, when he goes and speaks at a high school, the kids just go crazy. And my dad, he's like, what's going on? And, and the kids line up for um, around the corner trying to get my dad's autograph and my dad's like what's going on why you know because he is he you know he's 90 years old and uh and so but but he's just he's he's excited about it and he's you know he's grateful and thankful um and uh and he uh, he, he he's you know he my dad, he 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 can't, you know, hold the tune in a bucket. But uh, but he loves he loves John. He loves all the guys at Switchfoot, and we're just uh, thankful for them. Uh, and, but he he's actually ninety three. He was ninety three in June. So uh, I just want to make make that clear. But yes, yeah. he um he's he's yeah. Well, I will never forget. I got an early sneak peek of this song after uh, Switchfoot played a show at Kings Island in Ohio, and I had a chance to go to the tour bus after. And um, Hello Hurricane had not come out yet, and they they played a sneak peek of some songs. And I remember when they played this one, I was just like, "Oh my goodness!" And then after, you know, hearing hearing the rock style of this song, but then also the story behind it, the song itself, like it's really, um, it's a it's a timeless like it it will stick around forever just because of the the message and, and the sound around it as well 
Um, I'll never forget uh, one of the times I heard this song live. It was uh, during the quieter part, right before the big guitar solo. And John said uh, these words. He said, we cannot separate our faith from our actions, my friends. Um, and then, of course, scream down. <laughs> and then, uh, and you know, obviously the guitar solo and everything. But then on their Looking for America tour, the guys did a really special uh, rendition of the song talking about you know, let justice roll down and include the line about how all men were created equal in the image of their maker. It was really special. So hatred, war, violence, give birth to hatred, war, violence, give birth I wanted to get your thoughts on uh, something you may have heard or read before, but it's something that John Foreman said about the song. So that's one thing we like to do on the podcast, um, kind of revisit some of his words. So I want to get your thoughts on uh, this quote from John Foreman about the song. He said, I was reading a book at the time, Let Justice Roll Down, the autobiography of John Perkins given to me by a friend of mine. I was struck by Perkins' honesty and humility. We are a haunted nation. Whether we admit it or not, the past runs through our veins. Listen to the streets, they'll tell you the same. We can cover up our racism and narrow-minded bigotry with excuses and time, but the sins of the past cry out from the ground. The undercurrents from our history are always buzzing around our ears. But rising above the constant gnawing of past wrongs is the song of love. Love is the reconciliation, the, the deliberate act of forgiveness, the act of moving forward um, unencumbered by the past. This is the sound. John Perkins' story needs to be heard. And this story, uh, song was inspired by a man who sang a louder song than hatred. So those, those words bring any memories or thoughts uh, back from, uh, from the time. 
Wow. John is, uh, is John Foreman is a prolific writer. Um, and he, he wrote the um, afterward in my father's, um, the, the best-selling book, One Blood, um, which is a part of my father's manifesto. And um, it, it is, it, it, it's just, it's just amazing how he, he puts words. Wow. There's nothing else to be said. <laughs> and, uh, and, and John Foreman summed it up in one line um, when he said, love is the final fight. And so I, I, that, that was prolific. And um, yeah, I, I just think that um, his his writing, like like Priscilla said, his writing is amazing, and he's able to put it to music. Yeah. And um, it's just amazing. Absolutely agree. It's been amazing journey with uh, the band, the fans of the band, um, getting to to hear about uh, your family and their story, and you know what you're doing is special and so important. I can only hope to have a fraction of. Uh, the courage and impact that uh, your family has had um, making a difference in the world. So um, appreciate you very, very much coming on and I encourage all fans to check out the foundation, how they can get involved and through prayer and action as you were talking about. Right. And if there are any fans um, who want to see us and uh, switch foot, catch us in Hattiesburg, August 27th. Um, Hopefully my dad will be with, um, Switchfoot and uh, John Foreman down there. Awesome. But, uh, yep. Before before you uh, do that, one of my um, one of one of Switchfoot songs was my um, theme song for about six months, and uh and and it was uh I get the words where I get sucked down, but I won't give up, and uh, it was uh, uh the Thrive, the song Thrive. Oh yes. Yeah, and so. That was my my line. I needed for about six months. I I get sucked down, but I won't give up. So that was my theme song for about six months. So anyway, awesome. I, I do that often with their lyrics. You know, different seasons. I'm like kind of hanging on to yeah. a different truth or lyrics. That I, I want to thank our guests for joining us today. What an incredible episode! Um, what an incredible legacy and story for the entire. Perkins family and everybody involved. Um, I thought it would be special and uh, only fitting to kind of end this podcast with some of John M. Perkins' words. Um, a while back, years ago, Switchfoot did a John Perkins tribute night. It was called An Evening with John Perkins, um, a really special night. I know it meant a lot to John um, and the family. So to end today's podcast, I want to give you the audio of some of the words from John M. Perkins on that special night. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, this next man needs no introduction. My hero, and I'm honored to call him a friend, Mr. John Perkins.
given my life's journey, this could be the most important moment of my life. Outside of coming to know Jesus Christ 53 years ago, and him calling me back to my home state of Mississippi, in the midst of racism, poverty, hatred, and death, and longing for the day that the people of God would understand the Word of God and the gospel message, what it was all about. The very purpose of the gospel is to reconcile alienated humanity to a holy God and to each other across racial, social, and economic barriers. And to be here tonight to see this joy this celebration. And it's right that we would be here on Bellhaven College campus. It's right. It's right because my son Spencer was the first African American to graduate from this school. And this and this this school both taught him and honored him and gave to him the highest award that the school could give. They named the pulpit in the chapel after him. And then we can be here tonight. This building was built during the early 60s to make sure that blacks and whites would not be able to fellowship and worship together, and this was a church. And Bellhaven, eventually, after that church lived out its usefulness, as the world changed around them, this church became empty, and Bellhaven redeemed this place and is now making it a place of a place like tonight where all of God's people can come together and worship together. And, and this school has been known, and it, this, is, this is a momentous night. Oh yeah, we have a lot of things that we do together. We drank a lot of coffee together. But as far as us coming together to, as a people, white, black, and particular white from outside, coming together to work with indigenous people, that was something significant. This young choir that was here is local people. They came together here and switch foot, give their status to come in here and introducing and presenting these young people to the bigger public. This is what absolutely community, Christian community development is all about. It's about empowering and redeeming and supporting indigenous people to raise them up 
in the community where they can give leadership. And they are here tonight to support the kind of work that Spencer gave his life doing before he left us and went to heaven. And they are here, and all of y'all are here together. This has purpose to it. This is not just the gathering, but it's community development. This has a purpose beyond the entertainment. This entertainment here tonight is to show our fellowship and our unity. But the outcome and the proceeds for this is going to go to develop a center, a music center, in our ghetto, in our neighborhood. And all of us here are working together to make that happen. This is a... This is an evening. This is an evening with a real purpose in the society. Well, let me just say, this is, to me, we are, you are the generation that I'm calling post-racist. You are that generation. Somebody's going to say to me tonight, oh, everybody like racism. The world is always going to be out there. But God wanted his church to be a redeeming people. The church is the continuation of Jesus' incarnated body here on earth. And it's our responsibility and privilege and task to be redeeming. And what I've said here about Belhaven College, that's redemption. Yes, we can set back. It's been bad. It was evil. But just talking about it won't change it. It's only when God's people come together like we're coming together here tonight to both celebrate but also to do development, to make this opportunity better for all the children, and especially for these who have been neglected, and to make certain that they can have the same opportunity that all of you and all of us have had in our society. What a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful evening. Let me say a word about music. Music, music in the Bible, from a biblical perspective, is the driving force and the gratitude of redemption. And music is the great outside of love itself. Music would be the, the, the greatest natural promoter, a driver of the truth, but it also can drive era. But real biblical music comes after redemption. The idea in the Bible that the first time that we sung was when God redeemed the nation of Israel out of Egypt. And Marin led them in singing a redemption. And they sung a song of redemption. And, and music in the Bible takes the truth of God and put it into music to drive it. The prophets of all, it's, music is supposed to be compound truth. It's turning truth into art and reinforcing it. And once you take truth in words and put it to music, it becomes powerful. Whether it's good music or not, it becomes powerful. All right. And reinforcing it. And once you take truth in words and put it to music, it becomes powerful. 
Whether it's good music or not, it becomes powerful. That's what the prophets, the, the, the Bible is about the songs of joy. It's more about music in the Bible than any other single subject. The Psalms and throughout all the prophets, when they would speak compound truth, it would become music. Like Isaiah, he was the one that was to let us to know that Jesus would be this root out of dry ground. He would be the Savior. And that was Isaiah's message. And that's what God called him to do. And he did it so profoundly, he took the redemptive message and put it into music. For unto us a child is born, for unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. And the end of his reign, there will be no end. And upon the throne of his father David will he set. And whenever there is truth trying to bring Nicodemus to himself and was trying to explain the, the miracle of redemption, how can a person be born again when he's old? Can he? under the certain time of his mother's womb and Jesus told him let me tell you, let me explain it to you here and he put it to music what is the motivation behind God's love I be saved he that believeth on him is not condemned but he that believeth not is condemned already because he did not believe on the only begotten son of God and this is the condemnation that light has come into the world. And the man loved darkness rather than light. That's music. That's an outburst of music. When we begin to ask the question, is God able to save us and to keep us and to preserve us, it's based on his love. And so Paul asked the question, what can separate us from the love of God? And he broke out into a psalm. He broke out into a psalm. Neither death, nor life, nor principality, nor thing present, nor thing to come, nothing, absolutely nothing can separate us from the love of God. And Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. And I get give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Because of this. And I'm just all over here, here tonight to participate in this. This is, we want this to be a, an ongoing. We want this to be an ongoing celebration. And we want it to become a model of all of us joining together to reach out in these places of need. And I, I would like to see today that the larger church community would see young folks moving into those neighborhoods that are really needed and establishing churches in those neighborhoods.
because congregations have this great power to be redemptive. And I don't know just drawing all people out to a mega church is really making our society much better. I think we are do, moving the leadership from the community to go worship out there and have turned it into a selfish pursuit of their own happiness instead of seeing ourselves as God's work to redeem the neighborhood and the community. And that's what this evening represents to me. All the way along, my son Spencer, him dedicating his life to that, writing a rewarding book about reconciliation, God taking him on home, Bell Haven seeing that, and then began to, began to break down the walls and become a redemptive community. And now this Bell Haven is one of the most multiracial colleges in the United States. And then we are standing in this beautiful auditorium that was designed to keep us blacks out. And Bell Haven have made it a redeeming community. And that we're here together. And that we're just so absolutely thankful for the president of Bell Haven and for all of the people here. And this is a continuation. This is not no quick shot tonight and it's over with. This is a continuous of us working together to reflect the kingdom of God here in Jackson. And we are seeing other congregations come into Jackson, like the Redeemer, Pre Redeemer Presbyterian Church, and New Horizon, and other churches are seeing themselves as redemptive congregations right here in Jackson. So I really want to just thank all of you for coming. And then, and then when we do reestablish and develop uh, our music center. We want you people to come back and let's have another celebration. And this time, we're going to have it in the open field at our center. Thank you folks so very much for coming to be with us. Perfect. Thank you, sir. Thank you.